Welcome back to Nervous Rex, a Neon Genesis Evangelion podcast that is 50% rewatch, 50% first time watch, and 0% robots this time. Oh yeah, sure. We didn't even see like an image of him at all. No. No hide nor tail of a robot <laughs> friend. Some other shit though. My name's Joe. I use any and all pronouns. My name's Chris. I use he him pronouns. And uh, this is this is episode fifteen of both the podcast and the anime titled Neon Genesis Evangelion, uh, and it is Chris's turn to. Uh, I I, oh, I was gonna say brief recap. <laughs> recap is also valuable, but uh, recap. <laughs> um, but that they usually end up being like ten minutes. So yeah, we'll see. Uh, you know what though? I'm happy and excited to be doing it. Uh, Hell yeah! As the uh, good good vibes. Yep. Because uh, you you. What is it that you say on Bed Bath & B, you broke the seal? Yeah, I broke the seal of your negativity. Yeah, exactly. But uh, um, as soon as this episode ended, I was like, man, I really do get the easy ones. It's really, like, weird how that happens. Maybe in the writer's room, they're literally just like, uh... Like, they right, knew. Complicated, simple, need to alternate. Mm-hmm. Okay, well, we opened in a uh, helicopter with uh, Gendo and Yutsuki. And Fitsky's basically like, yo, uh, those, uh, all right, what did, what did the Discord figure out we're supposed to call them? Like, Sela? Is that right? Oh, yeah, the, so the Orange Grove's Discord. Shout out to y'all for, uh, discussing these episodes so Our thoroughly. Friends. Um, yeah, y'all are great. But someone did, did, um, say that I was saying Seal wrong, and it's supposed to be, I think, Seale or something? I've always just said seal and i guess i've just never really clocked how it said i've never um really watched the dub in full because i think someone said like oh it's pronounced sealy and in in, in in the most recent dub i was like i'll take your word for it but well anyway yes. he's like the navy seals are mad at you and they're talking shit because <laughs> your project is 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 running late and Gendo's like no everything's going good actually and Fitzky's like what should we do about that man and Gendo's like just let him keep working and you can pretty much, like, deduce that it's Kaji, because who else has been, like, acting in a way that's strange? And he is the subject of the next scene. Yeah. Yeah, they always cut to him when it's like, oh, I don't know, someone out there is causing a ruckus, and then it's like, who, cut to Kaji. Who could be doing cool dive rolls in our hallways? And then we just hard cut to him <laughs> doing a fucking dive roll. You know that's not allowed nerve. You know that's not allowed no! in nerve. He's is too it, cool. Who could be causing a ruckus? Oh. Hey, look, hello, <laughs> ruckus causer. Like, I'll never suspect you. Yeah. Sorry, also, my voice is really fucked from uh, the first of two extra lives. So, uh. Yeah, you, I mean, you and Riley signed up to do two back to back. Yeah, we're, uh, we're referring to the Orange Rose one as next for life. Yeah, that's, that's great. By the time this episode comes out, it will, it will have been done. So, that's true. Uh, <laughs> so shout out to whoever was there. I'm sure that we did not get very far in the Evangelion video game. <laughs> yeah, because that game's going to suck, right? Um, I, I turned it on just to test it, and it seems difficult. So I guess we'll figure it out in the moment. I just feel like it's going to just it's not. It's bad. in Japanese. It's in yeah. Japanese. Um, but I'll, we'll, we'll, we'll save our takes for live on the air. Sure, we'll see. Kaji's investigating some weird building, and then someone is, like, outside, and he draws his gun, but they're like, it's me, and so he stops, and... uh. The person out at the side is like feeding cats and tells them like the uh that there's a thing called Shannon Bio. It's like a foreign what did they say? I don't know. Some 
energy company, maybe? Uh, I think it was chemical. Yes, yeah, a bio. Duh, it wouldn't be energy. Um, but it's a, supposedly part of this uh, Mar Marduk Marduk Institute. And okay, I'm glad this wiki's here because like I didn't understand. I still don't understand it reading the wiki, but I definitely didn't like have a good grasp on it when they're talking. But okay, Shannon Bio is one of 108 subsidiaries of the Marduk Institute. It is the 107th to prove to be a fake. So I guess it's just that, like, the, the Institute is, like, putting up these fronts then, like, these, like, false mm-hmm. businesses to hide where they're really doing. And she shows them a list of the board of directors, which includes Gendo, Futsuki, and uh, someone named... Oh, Kiel's the Navy SEAL. Fuck. Um, oh, yeah, one of, one of the... the yeah. Yeah. The, that group that we've seen yeah. twice. I didn't notice that there... I mean, obviously, I, I couldn't read the names on the sheet that's in frame. Um, There wasn't, like, a on-screen translation of it. But that is interesting that the the, the sheet on screen shows those three names, which oh, yeah. I'm not surprised. A, but a bunch of this that I'm explaining to you right now, I had no idea when I was actually watching it. I'm passing it off like I am to just mask that I'm just like, trying to glean what I can from the wiki that I would never yeah. have picked up on the first time. Yeah, I loosely follow that. It's like, yeah, there's a bunch of sock puppet companies that are all being used by uh, the 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 Marduk Institute, and their their front main thing is to see what kids are able to pilot robots. Oh, that's right. Well, that's that's what Kaji said that that's what they're supposed to be doing, but he said mm-hmm. something like we all know that's a like a lie or like not real or something. It's been a grip since we they've found any. There's only 3. So Yeah. Um but Cat Lady is like reminding him like you're supposed to be investigating Nerve and tells him to stay away from uh Marduk uh and and yeah, that's when she's like they talk about how the stated purpose is to select Evangelion pilots, but I, I believe it's him that's kind of like, I don't really think that's what it's about. Then we cut to, from Kaji to Asuka, who's calling Kaji, and she's uh, claiming that she's being, like, touched by somebody, basically to try to get his attention. And I mm-hmm. noticed that, like, it sounded like one of the words she just said was hentai, and I wonder if, like, it's one of those words that can, like, it actually it means, means, multiple like, things. Yeah, yeah, It yeah. means pervert. Right, yeah, it makes sense. Which is, it's used quite a bit in One Piece, actually, that Frankie oh. often refers to himself as a pervert. So it's not um, as new for you to hear it in anime dialogue as it was for me. I was like, oh, oh no. that was a yeah. first for me. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And then her friend comes up and asks Asuka to go on a date with her, her sister's friend. And Shinji's watching Ray clean the classroom. She's like wringing out a cloth into a bucket, and he's just watching her do that. Just fixated on it, yeah. Yes. Um, Masada and Ritsuko are, like, gonna go to a wedding, so they're trying to pick out, like, t- like Masada's trying to pick out a dress, they're talking about that. Uh, the pilots are, like, doing a sync test, and then, like, uh, they're talking about Shinji looks even more, like, upset than usual. Uh, more, more downtrodden than the word they use. super depressed. Yeah, it's like, as opposed to the regular depressed and downtrodden, he looks extra depressed and downtrodden. This is advanced depression. <laughs> yeah, um, and they're like, oh, he has to talk to his dad tomorrow right yeah and so he's bummed about that he's in the elevator with ray and he asks what his dad is like and like what he should talk to him about and she's like i don't know and then he makes like a comment that i was just like when it first happened i was like i was right because last time we talked about how i noticed that oscar made a comment about like his mom and we had never heard about his mom and i was like i bet that's important and in the very next mm-hmm. episode mom stuff yeah it was there's some mom stuff in this show. That's for sure. Nemom Genesis Evangelion. Uh-huh. <laughs> I mean, this episode pretty pretty quickly is like... I mean, I'll let you do the recap, but... 
Yeah, he's like, when you're like doing the thing with the washcloth, you were doing like a mother or like looked like a mother or whatever, and then she's just like, "What the fuck?" And um, yeah, she blushes. Yeah, noticeably. And he's like, "I think you'd be a good mom," and she's basically just like, "I forget the exact time." It's basically like you're embarrassing me. Like she mm-hmm. tries to like end the thing. And that's exactly what it said. Kaji, Masato, and Ritsuko are at the wedding. Kaji shows up late, and Masato's like, uh, "Your face is all stubbly, and you gotta fix your tie, and blah blah blah." And she, she's like, or he said like, "I couldn't get off work," and she's like, uh, basically calls him out like, "Yeah, you're a liar. I don't, I don't believe you." And Ritsuko's like, "Oh, you two act like a married couple." Then uh, they cut away to Gendo and Shinji, who are at the cemetery. Gendo talks about how they haven't been there for three years, and Shinji talks about how like, "Yeah, last time I was here, I, I ran away," and they had this conversation about. Like, Shinji asks Gendo if he has any pictures of his mom, and Gendo says he doesn't, and Shinji's like, oh, so my teacher was telling the truth, like, you threw them all away, and, like, Gendo gives this weird speech about, like, man survives by forgetting his past, but yes, I threw away the pictures of your mom, you know, like, he tries to, like, make it all, like, yeah, he says, whatever, like. Yeah, his, his description of it's very weird, but he does specifically say that, like, the memories I keep in me are enough, and I'm like made for you maybe your son's right there yeah and he he says like you know there's some things you should never forget and mm-hmm. like she taught me that and blah blah and he's like uh yeah, it, it's Yue just like the Yui. it's it's just like this grave because there's actually no body there it's mm-hmm. just a headstone yeah it's it's a weirdly barren shot but um yeah it kind of looks like the keyblade graveyard almost uh yeah a little bit more organized yeah because they're all all the all the grave markers are in line I think it's implying that it's like if there, if it's a bunch of markers here and it's like these are just decorations, there's no bodies. I think it's related to the second impact, but it, I don't know the year that was. I didn't think that at the time, but now that you say that, I totally get that. That's probably what it is. That was yeah. my impression, and I don't have enough of a recollection to know if I'm right. So that's why that's, I'm saying it on the show because I wouldn't say yeah. it if I knew it was a spoiler. Sure. Yeah. No. That sounds that sounds right to me. The helicopter from the beginning shows up. And I didn't catch this, but the wiki sure did. Apparently, we see a glimpse of Ray on board the helicopter. Oh yeah, I noticed that. And uh, Shinji's like, "It's quick." Yeah, and Shinji calls his name like before he leaves, and Gendo turns around, and he's like, uh, "I'm glad we had a chance to talk today." And Gendo just goes, "Indeed." Yeah, uh, this felt too real for me. Of just like sometimes dads be like that. <laughs> oh yeah, and honestly, hit me up if you know how to talk to your dad. Because does anyone? <laughs> I, I'll take. I've lessons. never met anyone who knows. Yo, to get really real for a second, I feel like this is the show I can do this on. I've been, like, thinking a lot lately about how, like, I want to try to, like, strengthen my relationship with my parents. But, like, I just, like, have the type of family where, like, I, like, you know me, Joe. I'm very, like, loving and, like, I have no problem Mm -hmm. expressing my feelings to, like, literally everyone that I know. Like, I'll tell people I love them all the time and, like, I can be very open about my, like, thoughts and feelings. I have no idea how to deal with my own family. Mm -hmm. And so it's, it's an interesting show to watch with consider how much it deals with stuff like this yeah it it very genuinely like i mean there's gonna be more of it in this episode even but like it very yeah. genuinely like uh grapples with the the effects of growing up in these certain situations and it's and it's it's very like oh fuck that's exactly what it's like it's not like someone's like eh we'll give him daddy issues as like a plot point it's like very Oh shit, like this is beat for beat a thing I relate to. Yeah. Definitely seems like um you know, the people involved in this are working from experience. So they they cut from the graveyard to Shinji practicing the cello and he's really good. Wicked good. Yeah. 
and Asuka, who has uh, dumped her date off screen, shows up and applauds him and is nice to him for the first time, like, ever. Like, he's like, oh, like, I've been playing since I'm five, but I'm not very good, which is bullshit. And it's the kind of moment where you want to shake your friend. It's like, are you an idiot? Like, yeah, you are You are good at this. And Asuka is, is like, surprisingly complimentary of him and his abilities and the fact that he hasn't given up. But then there's a part where um, he says the only reason he still plays is that no one ever told him to stop. Which like that's the most that's the most Shinji thing. I was like Christ Shinji. Yeah, I just, and I just I just kept practicing. I didn't really know what to do unless anyone told me I could. I didn't have to. It, have you seen Over the Garden Wall? Uh no. It's it's been a thing I've been meaning to check out forever. I I finally saw it recently, and there's a part in that that like this reminded me of, and I was just like, God, Shinji, you need to <laughs> make some changes in your in your life. But um, mm-hmm. anyway, um. So then they cut to back to the wedding, which is over, and Masato, Kaji, and Ritsuko are all out drinking. Uh, Masato goes to the bathroom. Kaji gives Ritsuko a trinket, which he calls a cat souvenir, and uh, she asks why he was in Kyoto. He pretends to be surprised and says that he was in uh, Matsushiro, and he's like, she's like, uh, she says something about, you're going to get your fingertips burned if you keep doing something. I don't remember. <laughs> Do you remember exactly what that was? No, she just kind of implies that she knows that he's he's doing shit. Yeah, yeah. And then Masato and Wiki doesn't mention any of this, but Masato comes back. There's kind of like a a, a situation where Ritsuko then stands up and leaves, and so it's just going to be Masato and Kaji alone together for the rest of the night. Mm-hmm. She call, Masato calls Shinji to be like, "We're going to be home late because I'm out like drinking or whatever." And uh, Asuka's like, "Are they going to be?" like out all night and Shinji's like I don't know whatever and then she's like oh she's with Kaji that guarantees she's gonna be gone the whole time Hmm. Masato uh, pukes in an alley and then as Kaji's walking her home uh, she admits that when she broke up with him she had lied and there was nobody else she basically just got freaked out that he was a lot like her father so that scared her off of being with him Uh, as opposed to the million other reasons that could have scared her off from being with him but that's the one and so she's basically like... I guess we don't um, know what he I was like was... then. Maybe he's worse now. <laughs> or better. Who could uh, say? Yeah, I don't know. It's possible. We, we, have, we have seen very little of him, and not, not, not particularly any of it is necessarily trustworthy, especially when it comes to interpersonal relationships. Yeah, but then she starts to kind of just, like, spiral and talks about how, like, I'm a coward just like Shinji, which, like, ouch. Mm-hmm. Like, I'm not even Shinji, but I feel, like... I felt like offended when she yeah, said well, that. Yeah, well, there's something about her oh. phrasing that I, that I liked because she was just like, "I have no place telling him what to do because I am still struggling yeah. with the same stuff this 14 year old is." Yeah, with like stuff about her mm-hmm. father and stuff, and and um, but she's like going down the rabbit hole, and then Kaji just like interrupts and, and kisses her. Yeah, didn't like that. Um, and I noticed something really interesting in that shot. Um, they they cut to a wide shot, and you see her arms move up. Like, the way, the way you've seen it in every piece of media ever is, like, someone, like, grabs them and kisses them, right? And the other person is, like, not—it's, like, one person's being embraced, and their arms are to their sides. She lifts her arms up to about, like, waist high, and they hang there for a second, and you're like, oh, like, they're gonna—she's gonna grab onto them, and then we're gonna cut. But instead, her mm-hmm. arms drop, and then it cuts. So she does not complete yeah. the embrace, which is just really interesting, both in terms of, like, what that says about the characters in the relationship, but also— if for no other reason than because like my brain like like not even consciously just like i was like i know what's gonna happen here i know what's gonna mm-hmm. happen here and then it didn't like 
So that was, that yeah, was yeah. He 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 tells her to uh, like snap back. out of it like three times, and she doesn't listen, and then he does that. Yeah, he's like, that's enough. And I, I was honestly dreading that he was gonna hit her, like the scene you've always seen. And he's like, snap out of it, and yeah. like, they slap the woman. So I was really yeah. When he said he grabs her, that didn't her happen. Right after she talks about yeah. being drunk. Yeah, it's bad. And he doesn't appear to be Is drunk he? himself. I guess he was drinking. I said he does. He, I said no. I said he, he seems, does not he seems like pretty together like he he was drinking but he seems just kind of like he he's just like has a, like a weird frown on his face the whole time yeah we cut to masada's apartment and asuka's like i'm bored do you want to kiss and shinji's like what and then she's like oh do you not want to do it on um the anniversary Jesus of your mom's Christ, death asuka. Like, what the fuck asuka asuka yeah your bu- your bullshit's a lot on normal days yeah and he's like i'm not afraid she's like all right here i come then uh, and she she walks up to him, and they're like about like, both eyes, or it's like Shinji's eyes are closed and hers are open. They're about to kiss, and she's like, "Stop breathing, it tickles me." And he's like, "What?" And then she pinches mm-hmm. his nose and kisses him, and that lasts for like a long time to the point where he's like like turning colors because he can't breathe. Pen Pen walks out, sees it, is unbothered, and just like goes into the little like closet. And eventually, like the the kiss ends, and he bursts for oxygen, and she runs to the bathroom and is like gargling her like like mouthwash or something uh and she's like i should never kiss to kill time Mood. which the wiki that's the wiki good. the wiki editorializes by saying uh that's to cover her actual feelings okay wiki editors yeah i was I like think there's i think there's some a lot other bullshit going on right now well and and regardless i feel like unless it's like extremely explicit in the text i don't know if that's the job of the synopsis to make guesses about like motivations behind actions like doesn't that kind of like i don't know no, there's a section called analysis. Exactly. That's not, synopsis is different. Yeah, speaking of that, when before we were recording, we were talking about how the uh, there's like a spoiler in the synopsis that should have been the analysis page. Yeah, the very last sentence is a spoiler. Well, I did, I, I saw a word or two, but it's not anything other, anything different than what the popular pages side, a section on the side also mm-hmm. uh, seems to have spoiled for me. But I don't understand enough yet to know I think it's okay that I know what I know because it doesn't make any sense to me still. That's fair. Also, I am looking at the popular pages and I think I'm looking at the same thing. <laughs> yeah. Um, we, we'll get there. We yeah. can talk about that. Uh, I won't repeat what it is in case there's someone out there who's going through the show just like me who doesn't know. I know at least Plaquas is. Yeah. So, and I love Plaquas, so I, I will not explain what I have just seen that I shouldn't have. Mm-hmm. Um, even though, like I said, it doesn't really like, I, I don't know what it means. Anyway, so after that that kiss scene happens, Kaji comes up carrying, uh, or no, at that point she's he's not carrying her anymore because we see a scene where she's like, I, I can walk now, thank you. But anyway, Misawa comes home and like passes out um, in her bed. Asuka tries to get Kaji to stay, but he's like, no, I, I can't wear these clothes to work. And Asuka's like, come on, do that, blah, blah, blah. And she tries to grab onto his arm, and he, he like makes her let go and says later. And then um, he leaves, and Asuka remarks that... Um, she smells Masato's lavender perfume. Or was it lavender? I don't remember. It doesn't matter. He's, she smells her perfume on him that she asked for earlier in the episode when she was going to go on a date. And so she's bummed about that. Shinji asks, like, what's wrong? Why she's sad? She's like, it's because you kissed me. Then we cut to uh, a really weird scene where Gendo is observing something in the central dogma at Nerve and Ray's in a big tube that's connected to a... a a ton of stuff. Yeah, she's just higher up she's in the just room. floating in what I what looks like LCL, and Gendo's just looking at it. Yeah, Kaji's about to enter Terminal Dogma, and then there's a gun uh, at the back of his head, and it's Masato. 
and uh, there's a, I want to like quote the exact line because I thought it was really good. It's such a like almost like Bond movie exchange. There's actually I'm gonna make a couple of comparisons to other films in this episode, but this is the first one. The moment where she has the gun in the back of his head and he doesn't really like even like flinch or seem surprised, and he just goes, "Hi, how are you feeling today?" She's like, "I'm sober, thanks." Like it, it's like, oh, it's mm-hmm. great, but it does feel like out of something else, like like Bond or Ocean's Eleven or something. It's very like um, that sort of tone. But basically, she's like, "Are you here for Nerve or your other job?" Uh, and she's like, "There's a there's a Kaji and an employee employee of Nerve and Kaji employee of Japanese Interiors or something like that." Which the wiki says Japanese Department of Home Affairs. Different mm, translation. Yeah. Whatever. But she's like, if you continue your second job, you will die. And he's like, that's okay, uh, as long as uh, Gendo's using me too. And he's like, uh, Gendo and Ritsuko are hiding stuff from you. And then he proves it by opening the door to Terminal Dogma. And uh, what the wiki describes as a white, legless giant hanging from a cross, impaled by a forked spear and wearing a mask that resembles moon craters. Yes. Which Masato, Masato thinks is an Ava. But then, she doesn't know um, what she's looking at. Kaji's like, uh, well, and the, yeah, and then Kaji's yeah, like, that's she, Adam. There's like flashes of what we. It's really quick, but if you can recognize it as like her flashback from the second impact, so like that's what she's seeing this and thinking, like, oh shit, I've seen this, I've seen this thing before, which is already kind of a a tip off of a th- of something. But Kaji says that this is this is Adam, so that's yes cool i guess that's the episode we did it we sh- we sure did thanks for listening goodbye we have no further analysis of the text oh but joe what about the part of the podcast you've forgotten where we analyze the text oh shit i forgot there's more podcast y'all i forgot about the podcast where we anal- anal- analysis the text i'm ready to analysis the text if you are sure where where do you want to start uh i thought okay I'll say this first. There is a lot of experimental editing in this one. It's a big part of the episode in terms of its presentation, but it didn't come up during the recap because it's not like, you know, story. But it is interesting. There's a lot of stuff in this episode where they're they're doing like rapid cutting Mm -hmm. and like interjecting very brief shots into other ones. They cover the wedding in a really interesting way where it's just like a shot of people at like a, like a, dining area and the rapidly cut to like a band playing rapidly cut back rapidly cut to whatever and they rapidly cut it's, it's like the, it's it's yeah, interesting it's just like, it's, i like it here's like five here's five seconds of a wedding here's another five seconds an hour later here's another five seconds an hour later except it's way less than five seconds they're like they're so quick yeah like, they're pretty quick but there's also stuff where um shinji is dreading talking to his dad and he's like laying in his bed and there's these really quick cuts to gendo being like go away and stuff mm-hmm. like that from other moments in the show yeah which, it's um, go away and then it goes and then there's another one where he says like a couple episodes ago where he said um good oh, job right. so he's like really conflicted about how he feels about his dad which misano does speak yeah. to i don't know if we if you if i missed you saying this scene or if it was just really quick but when misano comes home and like is getting ready for the wedding she makes like asuka's on the floor i don't know watching tv um, some there. Yeah, I was like half reading the subtitles of like some rom com on the TV. Yeah, me too. Misato's like, oh, you know, I thought you had a date tonight, and Asuka doesn't really seem to give a shit. There, I don't remember how Shinji's deal comes up. Uh, oh, sh- I think Asuka's just complaining about it. Like Shinji's like so bummed about seeing his dad. Why doesn't he just say so and like not do it? 
And Masato's like, well, the problem is he doesn't actually just hate his dad. Which, like, yes, I think the the line itself, like, in the context of the whole episode, like, between Masato's thing and the actual scene at the graveyard, like, I do think the episode as a whole says a lot about Shinji's feelings. But that line is, like, it was weird to me at first. Oh, really? Yeah, like, it took me a second to, like, grapple with, like, exactly the nuance she was trying to talk about. Oh, it made sense to me right away, especially when you, like, think about um how Misato is basically, like, uh, definitively said the same thing about herself where she's like I um, respect my dad for some things and hate mm -hmm. him for others and like blah blah I mean that's been a thing that's come up with like her and Ritsuko and Shinji yeah like, I never really felt like Shinji I don't know if respect is a word I would ever use to describe his relationship with his dad it's just kind of he he wants recognition and he's very angry about the actual experiences he's had yeah yeah it's like the sort of respects me the wrong word i think he like thinks of his dad as an important person and that's part of like you know him wanting the like validation and attention from him it's mostly just like that's my dad but i do think there's a degree of like if not respect just an acknowledgement or like recognition of like his dad being someone who's prominent mm -hmm. um but one thing i wanted to say about that scene where they're where they're doing those cuts to his dad and i don't know how it plays out um or when you're watching it on just like your tv or even if you had the same experience but with my headphones in the sound when gendo speaks in those flashbacks was like piercing it's like mixed in a way that like it feels like it cuts through you the way that it like would for shinji and so i don't know if that was like intentional or yeah it's kind of what it's i don't know like, what they did sudden yeah and it's just like the it like it, a it's just like high volume and also it feels like it's like put in a different place than some of the other audio in the show is. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, I, I had this turned down pretty low. Um, so maybe that's why I was just like, not, I get this, it's still a little jarring with the timing and the volume, but I guess I didn't have as strong of a reaction as you did. Yeah. But yeah, the, I, I really liked a lot of the, a lot of the strange editing. There's one, I, I made a note mm -hmm. of it, but now I can't remember exactly what it looked like, but there was another example of that. There's a C, oh, actually, I kind of remember now. It's like, Everyone's saying goodbye to Pen Pen before they go off to like do what they're doing, and it's like a they like it's like quick on Shinji, quick on uh, Masato, quick on Asuka, and then Pen Pen, and then the door closes, and then they cut to whatever. Like, yeah, that's that like was right kind before the wedding. Yeah, yes, yeah, it's just a very quick way of being like, here's all the vi all the information you need visually, and then and then now we're moving on, which absolutely works in this episode. I think it covers like I, I think it was the drinking scene where I was like, how much has like already happened? In this episode, yeah. which I get that feeling a lot. I feel like I say that a lot of episodes of this show um, or when we're watching before recording. I'm like, how is this only the halfway mark when the when the yeah. when the, the eye catch comes up? But yeah, I, I like the editing and direction of this show a lot. Yeah, this this uh this episode was directed by now Yasu Habu, whose name is not clickable. So I don't know if he's done any other episodes of the show on the on the graveyard scene next. I mean, I think if you'd have asked me before this episode what I thought the deal with Shinji's mom was, I probably would have guessed, like, she's dead. But they, they did an interesting, uh, and what I think was a good job building to um, confirming that in this episode, because, like, it starts with, well, first we have the thing about, like, Shinji talking to Ray about, like, the, um, you look like a mother or whatever, and then someone's mm -hmm. like, 
like get ready to face your besides the sins like it's important to talk to your daddy if you don't know how like it's gonna be good and also you'll be seeing your mom and so for a second you're like oh shit like he's gonna see his mom and then and then you get to the grave it's like oh like they meant like the grave of course like so they don't really tip their hand for sure that she's dead until you're right there like mm-hmm. even if you had suspected it they give you kind of a, a a glimmer of like oh shit she might actually be alive that's like no she's not like yeah so i thought that was like a well-crafted way to handle that like it 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 made more of a difference than if they just said like oh it's that day you're gonna go to see your mom's grave like mm-hmm. i thought that was a better way to get to that point um i thought it was really interesting that shinji talks about um the fact that he was at the graveyard and ran away and has not come back since since then because it gives like an actual um frame to the refrain that's like don't run away yeah like which the, misato said in the first episode misato and, says in this episode i think when she just like yeah opens his bedroom door and is like hey you gotta do it you gotta move yep. forward and i think you know later we'll get her kind of breaking down with her own stuff and i think she's like internally being like shinji don't be like me yeah yeah because she later she she basically says like that she ran away she was like i felt uncomfortable with my feelings for kaji so i broke up with him and then i just went and like focused mm-hmm. all my energy into like my work with nerve but i it wasn't really a decision i was just like running mm-hmm. from reality so yeah that makes a lot of sense and i also i just really like how like like i mustn't run away uh meant one thing in episode one and now means something different yeah yeah it's it's um it's a powerful and versatile theme throughout this show. Just that, that the way that framing or that phrase is used and and how it's framed. And I like too that it kind of to me at least implies that Gendo has told people this story. Like Masato seems to like literally know that he ran away from the graves last time. That's possible. At least to me. I this is a small thing. I really liked the design of the the really thin gravestones. Yeah. Yeah, they they feel very I don't know, efficient, economic, like it's very much just like, yeah, we need to mass produce these things and just like, yeah, put put it. It's just name in a year and there's hundreds of them. Yeah, um, I thought I thought it was. Um, Abs- yeah, absolutely. Evocative. Um, yeah. And then he leaves on a weird nerve helicopter. A flash of Ray is in the window and then he leaves and Shinji has to walk back. <laughs> it's very like, just g- give give him a ride. Oh, I didn't think about that. Yep. Yeah, I yeah, didn't they, think he, about yeah, that. Yeah, no, the, he leaves Shinji there. Sure did. Uh, but yeah, there's a lot of really good visual choices in this episode. There, I don't, I don't know if we have anything to really say or unpack about the Asuka stuff in this episode. It's, I mean, it's the same as it ever was. <laughs> yeah, it's it's the the interest in in Kaji yeah. that gets spurned, and then like trying to like uh, the episode subtitle is like. Oh, what is it? Which one? The first and second one. Second one. The second one on the wiki says, those women longed for the touch of others' lips and thus invited their kisses. Yeah, so it's like very literally that's Misato and Asuka in this episode. Mm -hmm. Which is interesting that they are compared in some shots, but really I feel like the the through line of this episode is about Misato and Shinji as foils for each other. Yeah. Which I think is just like... Yeah. Which I I think is just like... Hey, there's a lot of like really nuanced interesting characters in this show and they can like they this show is like really using them to tell a story in this way um where various characters are going through similar things and reflecting each other and we see like the the issue of like 
Shinji trying to grow up with these certain problems and Asuka struggling to grow up with her certain problems and Misato relating to both of them in different ways and being like, I, I am struggling and I feel like I shouldn't be struggling. I'm almost 30, which is just like also kind of real. And it's, I think it's just well done. Or like like the, the character stuff and, and especially this episode is just like, it just works. It's good. It's effective. I care. Yeah. Yeah, I care a lot. Yeah. In fact, to the point that I got mad when they showed Shinji beautifully playing the cello, because, like, Shinji could be a talented cellist right now instead of this bullshit. Like, instead of, like, having That's just, to, like, ripped yeah. off some classical soundtrack. It sounds that, like, it. they just... It, it sounds good. It doesn't sound in any way amateurish. Or maybe it does, and I'm just not a, you it know... Just, no, well, yeah, that's true. It could, it, yeah, we, it could be untrained ears, but I, I agree. Um, and it's just so sad because you see, like, if he... We're in a supportive household, a, like a normal non-robot war household with a supportive father. Like he could have been encouraged to do this, and like it could mm-hmm. have like blossomed into a thing that he liked and whatever. You just see like a a, a possible other future or present yeah. for this poor kid, and that makes it even more tragic. Like it's already been tragic to just see like his lack of options, but like it really helps in this episode to show like that there yeah, was it's, another. Yeah, there's something to like. Out of out of nowhere, Shinji plays the cello, and both us as the audience and Asuka, a character who's been here for, uh, I don't know, eight, nine episodes now, uh, just like, I didn't know you could do this and really well, and he's like, oh yeah, it just kind of became a part of my life, and I never really considered not doing it. Yeah. And it's just like, just a, a very casual, realistic metaphor for the, the way Shinji has lived his life up to this point. Yeah. I feel like I don't have a ton to say about um, this episode, and that is because I am just, like, it's doing so much build-up and set dressing, and I don't know how to talk about it without, like, I know where it goes. Like, like I feel like I, uh, if you yeah. have thoughts on the I, last scene, you can talk about it, and I'll just listen. It's, <laughs> I, have lots more, I have lots more thoughts about everything, although I will say my that's, thoughts honestly, about the last Honestly, I don't know what you could infer from it at this point, other than that is, yeah. like... The the show is inching towards body horror, which I I I, I was thinking yeah, I was like have, it, have it we is... seen much of that before like one like the first angel that well the the third angel the one that Shinji fought in the first episode or second episode kind of bubbles up in a weird way. Uh, there's the bleeding eyeball, but I think like the the lower torso of that crucified thing is is maybe the most like oh oh okay like that. I think that's the most that that's happened. Yeah, it it almost looks like it has like smaller beings coming out of its legs. It's very very uh gross and creepy looking. I feel like mm-hmm. uh, obviously the design of that thing is great. It's 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 creepy and horrific. I th- yeah, and... I think it's exactly what it's supposed to be. Yeah, but I want to particularly compliment even more than the design, which I like I said is is great. Uh the color in that scene is great oh it's so um, stark yeah all like the, the it's it's the palest white and it's on this bright blood red cross yeah that's that's phenomenal stuff mm-hmm. that's just under nerve it is cool. funny it is funny though that like um in this show where they're constantly being like here's all this like development intrigue with like these secret projects the blah blah and i'm just like oh i just noticed how these characters were holding hands in a way that was interesting i, I i'm mm-hmm. i'm really not as interested in the stuff that i feel like they want me to be interested and i think they want you to be interested in both but like it's funny because like if you're asking me questions about like, where do you think the plot's going i'm like i don't really care i'm just like i i'm yeah. interested in picking apart these characters and like like what 
their internality is like right now. Like, yeah, it's it's a balancing act in in a way. Um, because you know this this episode might even uh, not be a phenomenal example, but I do think sometimes the progression of the plot like does weigh a lot on the same themes that the the show is building emotionally. Some, like this episode is like here's a lot of emotional catharsis for Masato and the plot is just kind of building parallel to it. They're not really crossing in this one. So I think it's very easy to be like, oh yeah, this is weird. Anyways, I'm really invested in that Masato stuff or the Shinji stuff. But yeah, it's it, it kind of, you saying that reminds me of, you haven't seen Twin Peaks, have you? No. Uh, well, it's good. But I just think about the production of like the second season of that and like the the story that David Lynch like was kind of interested in telling not singularly it's him and Mark Frost and he didn't really direct that many episodes but the the studio uh kind of pushed him to be like hey you made this you know cool first season of your mystery drama dude uh you got to reveal the killer like soon and like like we we got to like amp this up this is how these shows work and David Lynch is like I never had I never planned on ever revealing the killer ever uh, and because it was all just kind of about these interpersonal uh, relationships and how, you know, people respond to grief and interact with it and uh, the, the seedy underbelly of this very friendly looking town. And um, I just think the direction that season two of Twin Peaks goes, all of its um, absurdity and soap opera parody that basically is just a soap opera in some points. Um, that even even all those escalations in general, I just really like where that season goes, uh, and I think Twin Peaks: The Return also speaks on that and evolves it past twenty five years in a very interesting way. But also, David Lynch did direct all of that, so it is much more visually assaulting in places. This has been Nervous Peaks, and I have, like I said, I have lots more to talk about this episode. Actually, yeah, no, just just go for it. I will I will chime in if anything comes up. But uh, this is. This is what we're going to call a Chris episode of the podcast. Yeah, yeah. which is funny because like, I feel like every episode starts, I'm like, what if this is the one where I have nothing to say? But then it always ends up that I have a lot. Ritsuko doesn't believe Kaji when he says that he, he's like, it's something like he says, uh, I'm, she's like, you're so honest. He's like, I always am with the ladies, less so with my work. And she's like, I don't believe that. And I was like, that's weird and interesting that like she doesn't think that he would be dishonest about his work even though like like we know as the audience like that's basically all he is is dishonest about his work well, yeah he's like uh working for how many different places doing yeah. <laughs> crossing everyone involved and it's interesting because like ritsko is like very clearly a smart person um but for whatever reason she appears to have this blind spot of trusting kaji or it's maybe it's a show i don't know maybe she like knows that he's a a lying fuck and it's just like saying that well, honestly yeah because on. i think i think she knows some stuff and it's just like because she says like you know if you keep doing what you're doing it's gonna bite you in the ass i think yeah. she's just like i'm not gonna stop you i'm not gonna get involved but yeah i guess maybe it was sarcasm when she's like i don't i don't believe that it's mm -hmm. hard to tell when they're speaking a language that you don't and you're just reading it you can't really pick up on inflection so that's the possibility I really liked the shot of Masato and Ritsuko in the glass as she leaves. Do you remember which one I'm talking about? Uh, yeah, I thought about that because I was like, I love the directorial decision to exclusively draw characters off model for like a solid 10 seconds. Yeah, and so, so what it is is like the shot is on this uh, like 
glass. Mm-hmm. It's like a martini glass. Yeah, and you see, you see her, like, Ritsuko and Masato's reflection in it, and, like, Ritsuko stands up and walks away, and Masato turns her head, but, like, it looks distorted the way a, a wine glass would distort it. And And I don't think I can properly express, like, how this is accomplished, but to me, the effect that that shot gave me was, like, a very... Um, effective interpretation of the feeling of this person has left and now I'm going to be on my own with this other person and that's significant. I don't know like mm-hmm. why that shot did that for me, but showing Ritsuko get up and leave and like leave Masato behind with Kaji in the glass rather than just showing it did like, it went an extra mile in terms of me feeling the feeling of oh oh Ritsuko's gone now it's just Masato and Kaji and we know mm-hmm. that that is going to go somewhere. Like something about the way that they chose to 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 show that on screen really like added to that for me. Yeah, I think, yeah, like, something about it exaggerated the, to to me, I think it exaggerated the expression on Masato's face. Yeah. And also, I think through the lens of, they were just talking about her drinking, and it's through the lens of her wine glass that is mostly empty. Yeah. So, I think it's just, just, like, a well-informed visual decision. Like, it, when it comes into the, the scene, it's not like it starts there. Yeah. And, and I guess... To some extent, to even just strangeify a thing you've seen a bunch of times can, if if enough of the right pieces are in place around it, it can it can strengthen like the the meaning around it. Like, cause you've everything you've ever seen has shown like there's three people at a bar, one person leaves, and then you see the two left alone. Mm-hmm. This is just a different way of demonstrating that, and it and it feels it feels fresh and um, yeah, I don't know, I liked it. Yeah, no, I I I noticed that shot and I was like, this is I I really liked that choice to do that. Some 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 of my favorite stuff in this show, which not granted, not a lot of it has happened yet. Um, but like a lot of my favorite visual stuff in this show is just like making the decision to just kind of go off the beaten path with animation decisions. Yeah. Um, I'm trying to think because even I don't because I don't even mean like the the line of rays when I say that. I just mean like the the fluidity of that shot is different. Yeah, I I agree with that. Another shot that I liked. It's like simpler, but I feel like it's still it's still cool. When um Shinji is called out to his dad to be like, you know, hey Gendo, and he's like turns and waits for him to talk, and he's like standing by the helicopter, like the wind is blowing and the helicopter blades are whirling and like the dust is getting kicked up from the graveyard, and um much like you said about the glass, like Gendo is kind of distorted because he's far away and there's like wind and dust and whatever in the way, mm-hmm. and it just feels like it's adding to the idea we've been talking about the whole show. Where, like, Gendo's always got, like, his hands in front of his face, and he's got the glasses you can't see past, and now, even in this moment, like, like you can't read him as there's, well because There's of all always the debris, something like, that's between him and, I mean, pretty much everybody, but especially Shinji. Yeah. So, you know, continuing the same idea that we've talked about a lot, but they found a new way to do it, and that's cool, and I give them props. Mm-hmm. Uh, I liked that during the scene where Masato and Kaji are walking home from the, the bar, they're playing uh, a different version of "Fly Me to the Moon" under that. Yeah, it's like a it's like a cutesy sand piano version. Yeah, like that. Um, and now I'm going to talk a lot about um, the. Oh, actually, I, I should keep these somewhat linked together. In that scene, when they're walking home, there's a really interesting decision that's made where Misato's talking to Kaji about how she feels like she has used him, and she just uses men when she needs them or whatever. And when she specifically talks about like using men they cut to a shot that's just her body it's like her like neck mm. down yeah because she like uh like tightens her fist in that shot but it's like over her torso yeah and, and like to me it very clearly is like cleavage like in, mm-hmm. in not that there's any showing her outfit's like 
like, I guess modest is the word. She's wearing, like, a blazer. I think it shows enough, though, that it's trying to create a visual link between, like, it's, like, using men for, like, using her body to use men for, like, physical mm-hmm. connection. Like, which I don't really know what the show is trying to say in creating that visual bridge, but I, it's definitely there. So I don't know if you have any thoughts about, like, what they could be getting at there. I have not developed that yet. I, if I think about it more throughout my week, maybe it'll, it'll I'll land on something. But for right now, I just noticed it. No, I don't really have any thoughts that connect those, like, that sentiment and that visual choice. Like, it, it is a choice, but I can't say I have much to add to what you said. Yeah, like, I don't know if it's trying to, I don't know if it's, like, judging her, if the camera's judging her for that, or if it's, like, somehow doing the opposite of that. I don't know what to make mm-hmm. of it, but just something I thought I'd point out. Okay, I'm gonna talk, I got a lot of things about the Asuka and Shinji scene. First of all, yeah, the whole scene, the whole scene where Asuka asks Shinji for a kiss because she's bored, the whole thing feels like a John Hughes scene, doesn't it? Like a little bit. There's something about it. You're right. That is a very good pull. I don't know if I would have thought of John Hughes specifically, but I was thinking during that scene of like the all the framing of it is comedic, like the timing, the visual choices, the audio, and the in the last part of it. But there's so much baggage from the first show where I'm just like, I don't like the, these comedic choices that are technically effective are clashing against the actual content, like the actual con, like the actual meaning behind Asuka pushing herself on Shinji in this moment. And I'm like, I think that the show is even like in some way, like, I think it's a conscious decision to, to get like, like, Oh, this is what happens in anime, but like, they don't kind of don't amp it up the way that like, I don't know, Naruto and Sasuke kiss and, like, funny music plays, and, like, this is kind of silent, and they use some visual cues that do kind of have very similar comedy, but it's just kind of quiet, and considering the relationship we've seen between these two characters for the show so far, it's just kind of like, I don't know how I feel right now. That's really interesting, because I didn't read that as comedic like the, at all and like i the, I guess the decision like, like the way pen pen like the pacing of pen pen coming in the room and being like ugh, and leaving and then the way like shinji and oscar are basically not in frame but we do see shinji's hand like like he starts to change colors and ball up because he can't yep. breathe like the timing yeah. of that felt like it was in, in any other show i think that would register as a joke the way yeah. she runs off and it's just like he stands there and off screen we hear her like watching her mouth out i'm like that would be a joke in most shows and in this show i feel like it is using those same tools to create a different effect yeah that's why it's so interesting because once you say it i know exactly what you mean like yeah you're totally right but like i just yeah when it's happening i didn't read it that way at mm-hmm. all like even the thing of like oh he can't breathe and he's changing colors or whatever like yeah it's, it, it doesn't he doesn't play funny even though like on paper you, you're right like, in, in other shows yeah it would be and like yeah like everything you just said that's that's interesting i had not thought of any of that because of the exact thing you're saying where like they're using those things mm-hmm. to do something different and clearly it worked because the different is the only thing that i picked up on yeah there's there's um, no there's no silly music which there's something to be said of us like i think a, it's got john hughes music yeah I, the, a long a long silence can also have a similar comedic effect but in this show it does not <laughs> like this is coming at yeah. episode 15 where like what what it was like episode like five where we had the really tense scene of shinji and like ray was naked yeah. that scene like that scene is like harrowing and 
this scene, although not as harrowing, I feel like kind of pulls from a similar well of just like, this is like, like it's using silence in not the same way, but a similar way. Yeah. And I think that the feeling that the whole thing creates through all the various things that it's doing, I don't really know how to put a word to like the, the way it made me feel other than just that it feels like a very significant moment in these characters' yes. lives. Like it, it feels like a big, a big, like, yeah, there's a lot moment. going on with Asuka in the background of this episode. Did did you mention the yeah, perfume? I did. Okay, that's a thing. Like that 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 whole sequence. Like I feel like it kind of speaks for itself. Uh, but Asuka in the middle of the episode being like, "Hey, Masato, can I borrow your perfume for my date?" She says no. And then at the end of the episode, when she Kaji drops off Masato, um, maybe the most responsible thing he's done is in this episode where he drops off Masato home safe. And then when Asuka, when Asuka wants his attention, he's like, no, no, I'm leaving. But she does try to, like, hold on to his arm for a minute, and she stops because she smells that lavender perfume. And she gets really distraught about it, that Kaji is, I don't know, spending his nights with people of his age. Which, that's, you know, we could yeah. unpack all of, uh, all of Asuka's stuff and her fascination with older men. I don't think there's a point in doing it uh, quite yet. But, uh, cause again, like, you know, we know that she has a backstory. Masato has mentioned that she knows Asuka's past, but we don't know it yet. Yeah. I, yeah, I think the execution of, of the perfume thing was good. I also like that, like her asking for it in the first place is doing something with her mm -hmm. character on two levels. On, on one hand, it's like she wants to impress Kaji and she knows that Masato has been someone who he's liked before. So she like wants to like smell yeah. like her and also just like asking an, an older woman to borrow her perfume because we know Asuka's obsessed with like being an perceived adult. as being yes. like an older mature yeah exactly so mm. that works on and, that I, front, I, and, and i like, like to have the, her like when she when she bails on the person her age when she goes on a, a date with you know a high schooler and is bails on him in the middle of the date being like i was boring just like i feel like that says a lot with very little just because of the context around it yeah, but then you you do have the moment. I don't know, like if if this kind of invalidates that a little bit because then the following thing that happens is that she is that she mm -hmm. kisses Shinji. So it's not like it's like that she like directly is like avoiding people her own age, but like you could, I guess you could argue that like I mean, um, I, I feel like that was like a, a yeah, because the Shinji thing at, is like, almost different in its own way. She's like, I'll just do this because he's here, and then like she says she's bored, and then she's like, yeah, that was a mistake. I shouldn't have done that. Uh, because I shouldn't, I shouldn't kiss to kill time, which is a, a good line. Yeah. I don't, I don't necessarily agree with this, the wiki synopsis where it implies that she has feelings for Shinji. Cause I, I, I don't think, I don't think she does. And whatever feelings could be there, I think are much, much more complicated. Cause, uh, yeah. Uh, trauma, tra trauma does things to, uh, to, to the way you interact with people and experience things. And I, and I and I think and I think seeing where Masato's at is kind of a good like both sides of that experience thing. Not like both sides in terms of just like dealing with it as a as a younger person and dealing with it as you get older. Yeah, it feels to me like if she does have feelings for Shinji, it's the kind of thing where it's like it's just because we're in yeah. proximity so much. Like I don't think it would develop otherwise. Mm -hmm. I don't think she's drawn to Shinji as a person. I feel like if there are feelings there, it's just because this is a, a person that I spend a lot of time with yeah. that can kind of create intimacy. That is like a very fair read. And I feel like I, I said this earlier this episode, but it's just like 
Yeah, I've seen the show before, but my recollection is not clear on a lot of the details. So a lot of my, like, this is how I feel, is genuinely how I feel in Rewatch without, like, I, I think a lot of the things that I think about of this show are kind of really the last few episodes and end of Evangelion. And, like, there's it's, like, bits and pieces. It's not, like, a cohesive, I like, understanding that I <laughs> am coming in here with. But it's it's, it's kind of like when I yeah. when I see things the second time, we, uh, and I'm like, oh, shit. That kind of stuff. Yeah. We, we mentioned when we were talking about it a little bit, but I actually found the pen pen moment of that scene to be fascinating uh, on more than just the level that you proposed where it's, like, mm-hmm. they could be using, like, comedic visual language of, like, the penguin. Co- like, first of all, the penguin coming in at all is absurd. Um, and, and just like the fact that it's just like, mm-hmm. you know, it I happens almost wonder like, if he's supposed to but be a proxy really fa- for the audience. I was really interested. Cause he's just like, this is whatever. And then he leaves. Maybe. Yeah. I, I liked that by having him walk in, see that and like hardly react and then go about his business. I, it gave the impression that like pen pen knew that was going to happen. Like he just knows the ki- he knows these two kids. And I was like, yeah, I, I, that was coming. I, I'm not surprised by that. Forced, at all. And that, that you like, forced two you, traumatized um, teenagers to, to live in the same building with almost no parental guidance. I can't imagine that anything happened. Yeah. It just gives you like another piece of information about the situation that like, cause, cause there's a world in which you show that shot and Pen Pen's like, what they're kissing, but he doesn't. And so like, so that so like that says that like Pen Pen maybe understands the dynamic at play more than the human being adults, which is so funny. I saw some <laughs> fucking stupid like the penguin understands the truth, but it's true. Like I that, is that's Pen what Pen it is. the like, mastermind of everything? And I also like that in that same um sequence of it's just one shot actually. And in that same shot, we talked about it a little bit with like the hand because like, yeah, Shinji their heads are out of frame. It's Pen Pen walking around. You can see Shinji's hand, and as it's like like balling up and turning colors from lack of oxygen. But also, I liked it because it, it kind of parallels the scene I mentioned uh, when we were at, like, doing the recap, where Masato's being kissed by Kaji, and her hand goes up, and then like eventually falls back down. In this scene, we're seeing what Shinji's hands are doing while he's being kissed by someone who like, and like both of them didn't like super invite it. Shinji more so than Masato, um, but it's just kind of like a, a similar like visual focus, like they're being kissed, and yeah, we see that's something a good to comparison do with their hands. I hadn't you know really like thought about directly as the. Is, is that because yeah there's something about masada where it's like she she reaches up like is this good is this what i want and then she drops her hands back down and it feels more like an acceptance of just like no it's just happening right now and shinji's similarly yeah. we don't see yeah. shinji nasuka's face um we just see his hand and he seems like you know there there is a comedic reading of ah he can't breathe wacky teenage hijinks but also i do think like he wants this to stop like, that's kind of just part of it, whether it is uh, intended for comedic effect or not. And then it does stop, and she runs away. I'm trying to think... I'm trying to think if I think he wants it to stop I mean, stop he was, he was I think hesitant he to do it. It's breathe, almost like... But I don't know if I know how to... I don't, a little... I don't know. He, I think he may, maybe he's just surprised that, that happens. I don't know. But, I, I don't know. Asuka's whole tone is almost like, kiss me or you're gay shit. Because, like... When she first pitches it, he's like, "What? Like, whatever." But then, like, once she once she like actually moves towards him, like he closes well, his eyes I, and like I think puts this his is lips a, out, I mean, and he's like is, blushing. Like, I feel this like he is wants a to do it. To where he almost kisses her in her sleep. Uh, if you all remember that shit, I, I don't know. I guess there's just like yeah, something yeah. about that scene where he's like really confused, and then like she immediately like goes on the on on the offense, which is like, 
what are you scared you don't want to do it and he's like well no i'm not scared and she's like well then do it then he's like well shit okay fine like and she's like i'm just doing it because i'm bored so maybe he's like okay sure i don't know i do what people tell me to do usually right yeah yeah i don't know i i'm not saying that i wholly disagree i guess i'm just not i don't i don't know what he really wants in that moment yeah he he the thing is he doesn't immediately like oh hell yeah he like there is some hesitation and then she starts teasing him yeah and then it happens yeah um and the thing with shinji is that there are a lot of moments where you know exactly what he's feeling um even as sort of like a a a blank character that he kind of is sometimes and then there's moments like this where i feel like it's um intentionally vague where you're just watching him look down a hallway and you're like i don't know what is that boy is thinking or feeling right now yeah and it's not that's not in a bad way either i just don't know yeah he's all he's he usually looks down sometimes he doesn't um and sometimes they show you what's going through his head and sometimes they don't there's another scene that i don't think we've mentioned the we we talked about some of the quick edits in this episode just Mm -hmm. to like flash what's going through characters heads there is one in the elevator where shinji asks ray about his dad there's one of uh i think it's so quick but i think it's the scene of him smiling and her smiling when he saves her i could be wrong I, there's it's, something like that i don't remember what it, what they showed but yeah there was another all i know is that it's there, gendo yeah. and i think there's a scene of ray yeah no i think i think that's right and it's like very orange so yeah I think the most standout thing in the Shinji Asuka um, kiss scene, to go back to that for one more comment, the specificity of Asuka being like, don't breathe, it tickles me, and then pinching the nose and doing the kiss um, is both so in character and makes it feel real. Like, yeah, that's like absolutely that's... something that she would say. That's absolutely something she would do. And it seems like, it's it, again, it's so specific. That mm-hmm. it feels like a thing from real life. Yeah. It's it's very much just like a yeah, like a a weird bossy teenager would do that to in in this situation. That that moment just feels so authentic. Mm-hmm. And that that, that and stood then out Pen-Pen to me. Walks a lot. In. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um and the last thing that I wanted to say is about the last scene. Alright, yeah. Hit me. I just it's it's nothing like mind blowing or anything, but I just really liked the, the facial expressions on Kaji and Masato as the door opens yeah. because it's like Kaji with like the the slight smile of like I know exactly what I'm about to show you and I, I know I'm about to prove mm-hmm. my point and Masato looking kind of like unsure of what she's about to see and then like her eyes you know yeah go and, wider, and, and she's like in the, the flashes like, of of her flashback you kind of get like the the full range of how quickly her mind is spinning at this point yeah um and obviously uh it kind of goes without saying, but that scene is, uh, is good at making you feel like, what the fuck? Yeah, it's very, uh, bewildering. It's a hell of a cliffhanger of just like, oh shit, things are, what the fuck? But we're in it now. We're getting to the back third. Episode 15. Plot, plot is, is moving again. Yeah. Yeah. It seems to move a little bit each episode. The last couple episodes have been very character focused and things have been moving behind it. And I've appreciated them quite a bit. Yeah, the the plot is very slow, but I don't mean that in a mm-hmm. bad way. It's not a complaint, but it just it just is. Objectively speaking, the plot is moving very yeah. slowly. And we are watching these pretty like I think less than weekly. So it's not yeah. even quite the way the show was intended 
to to be released and consumed uh-huh. but but still i think like i don't know again like i'm coming from the perspective of like i know where it's going for for a lot of these beats i know where a lot of things end up and i'm just like i think this pace works well um i think the 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 payoff of everything will work better with the time we've spent with people that kind of stuff yeah and like, and like I said, like I'm not even really at this point that fascinated by the mm-hmm. plot. I'm more just interested in the personalities. Yeah, but like, I, I do think they're starting to like pull it back into focus and like have things like cross over a bit more. Like I think the yeah. the in, the inner workings of Nerve might start affecting more people than it, than it has in the past because it it's really like Masato, Kanji, Gindo shit, and then Shinji doesn't really get told what's happening ever, and he's like has yeah. a has a penguin for a roommate for sure does but yeah i think i think that's i think that's the episode i think we just capped it off it's a long one i mean this is the longest we recorded but i don't know how much of it was just discord breaking on us <laughs> that's that's true yeah but when people have listened to this and they get to this point which is the plugs and they think man i want to follow that chris guy on twitter <laughs> I wouldn't be sure why. What? This one, but what? Yeah, if, what would they type into their mobile app? They would uh, type in at Topher Disgrace, and that's where you can hit me to tell me if you know how to talk to your dad. Yeah, send I want to uh, meet the unicorns out there. Yeah, hell yeah! Do you want to plug any other shows, other projects? Um, I'm just gonna plug uh, Alien Happy Hour uh, in general. Uh, we just did our uh, Extra Life event. We raised a thousand dollars for. Uh, University of Children's Hospital, which is very cool, but that's it's a thing we've been we've been at for um, God, it, four years now, um, and and yeah, I feel like it's slowly growing. But if you if you want to if you want to check out uh, the podcast that we do or our YouTube channel, uh, just go over and uh, and and take a little look ski. Hell yeah! Well, you can follow myself on Twitter at Ghost of Joe, Ghost of J O. Um, I make a myriad of of other podcasts on the same network as this one. Uh, the Orange Groves, if you go to theorangegroves.com, you can find all of them. Uh, and I will plug a show that will be live by the time this episode comes out. And it is uh, the new premiere actual play from our, our one and only Riley Hopkins. Because uh, they are making a show called If Not Us, Then Who? Based on, uh, while well, playing their uh, new game that's, uh, I don't know if the Kickstarter is still going by this Thursday. But, um... They they made a game. It's uh card based, uh, and it's inspired by Power Rangers, and the show is uh, them playing it with um some other cool people, and it is it is here at the Orange Groves, um so you can check that out. Um, it will be, I guess it'll only be a couple days actually. Now that I'm thinking about what week this comes out, but um even more timely in that case. But go check that out. You know, say nice things to Riley. Write some. Some iTunes reviews, always a uh, a nice kickstart for a new show is just to get some some good ratings and reviews. Uh, yes, yeah, absolutely. Please do that. Do that for this show too. If you do that, if you do that for Riley or our show, uh, but specifically Riley's, if we ever meet, I will give you a hug if you would yeah. like that. And uh, and also you can join the Orange Groves Discord server to chat about this show, that show, or uh, some other ones. I have been posting some screenshots uh, in the the, t- the TV channel because I have been uh, in what little free time I've, I've given myself um, in this uh, week leading up to Extra Life. I've been watching BuzzFeed Unsolved, 
And uh, you know what? It's good. That's it. If you're if you're into me talking about other anime, uh, also different than usual, um, just put out an episode of my uh, One Piece show. We are watching One Piece where we covered the most recent movie. Um, and since Jory can't watch movies with spoilers, I did it with uh, our bud Andrew from the Argonauts. Really like that episode. It's always really fun to talk about One Piece and be able to spoil shit. So that's cool. Uh, so you can check that out. That's an extra bonus over there. And I'll, I'll that, that'll be it for this episode. So thanks for listening. We'll be back in, in two weeks' time with episode 16. The, the preview was a little bleak. But, you know, we'll figure it out when the time comes. And we'll give you fan service next time. Service, service. Service, service. I feel like we came up with a... I feel like we came up with a genuine sign-off for this show. At it was point. just, we'll give you fan service next time. Was that really it? I think so. We never really found something we felt great about. Because we did the, like, uh, the, the uh, rate and review thing, and then we did the fan service. But, like, yeah. it's, there's, nev- there's not one that really sings, you know? Like... You know, there's there's so many jokes with <laughs> Evangelion, and the thing is, when you think about them for like a minute, they're sad, and I don't want, I don't like it. I'm fine with it, but what we could do if you don't want to do the jokes, the fan service is bad. Actually, <laughs> we could uh, we could just start playing um, like cricket noises or not cricket. What are the what's the um, cicadas? That's always on the show. Oh, just yeah. play that shit. Just. That's how you end it. We don't say anything at all. Yeah, just just a couple of cicadas and then a blaring <laughs> uh, Nintendo sixty four sound font of <laughs> of uh, cruel angels, cruel angels beep us. Look, if that so, ain't the show, that that's yep, that's it in in audio art form. Uh, thank you for listening, everybody. We will see you in two weeks. And until then, bye. Fuck noises.